That can mean only one thing, and that is Cousin Rick is calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, RT. Hey, hey. How are you today? Oh, ho. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> well, what is hip? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, it's, uh, that's Tower of Power, too. Are you going to play that later? No, maybe I will. Maybe I will. I won't, you almost have to. You almost have to play that. You know? Yeah, why don't, why don't you play what is hip by the replacement? Uh, maybe. <laughs> you, know, the, you know, the hip replacement. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Where's that? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're not going downhill. We're downhill already. <laughs> That's right. But uh, I'm enjoying the view. So, uh, so um, well, how's the weather in Needham, Massachusetts? Oh, it's a beautiful day. It's in the 50s, a little cool, but it's an explosion of green outside. The trees are budding a little bit earlier here, so I'm looking at a, uh, you know, all these small green leaves coming out on the maple trees in the backyard. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yep. Okay, and uh, what kind of vehicle might you uh, want to tour around in on a, a beautiful day like this? Oh, on a beautiful day or even not on a beautiful day. <laughs> the, you are riding in luxury in the 2021 Infiniti QX50 all-wheel drive uh, compact SUV or compact crossover vehicle, however you want to term it there. And uh, we had the autograph edition, which is the top of the line. So it came loaded to try out all the the features on the, the car. Now, the Infiniti QX50 comes with the 2-liter variable compression turbo engine. This gives you 268 horsepower and 280 pound-feet of torque. And it's an all-wheel drive vehicle, intelligent all-wheel drive. So the the power goes to the wheels where required based on the computerized system determining uh, road traction and other factors like that. And uh, the variable compression engine, it has a linkage in there that extends or retracts the piston rod position to, to give you variable compression. And to see how it exactly works, rather than me bumble through trying to explain it orally on the radio, uh, you can go to YouTube and see something in uh, a visual that'll give you the compression change idea visually, which is a lot easier to pick up. Hmm. And uh, let's see some of the specs on the car. That's what the variable compression was put in for combining power with economy. And the EPA rating on the car is 22 miles per gallon city, 28 highway, for a combined 25 miles per gallon. And, uh, you know, they've got this engine with the technology, although it seems that the performance and the result it gives you is not much different from other non-variable compression engines. But I think, I'm thinking that uh, Infinity will refine the concept to give you a little more power and a little more economy as time goes by. And But as far as luxury goes, our vehicles in majestic white, okay, and that is a $700 option, premium paint. The base price on the vehicle is 58850 and it, uh, it has a $2,000 premium 
leather package, which includes white semi-aniline leather-appointed seats with quilted stitching, blue ultra-suede accents, brown ultra-suede headliner, and blue piping between leather and the ultra-suede. So your seats are really smooth and comfortable Hmm. and very adjustable. And it's got all LED lighting, a nice head-up display. And in the audio and infotainment end, there is a Bose, let's see, 16-speaker performance series audio system, which comes with a CD player. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Haven't heard that in a long time. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so you've got a CD player, the... Uh, touchscreen display, it's, uh, it goes to the navigation screen automatically, at, at least the way I had the car set up. And what's interesting is that sometimes you're driving along and you look at the screen and you say, oh, you know, I need, uh, I need to zoom in or zoom out, depending if you're looking on a, a highway further ahead or in a neighborhood looking for a street. And with it, the system in the Infiniti QX50, there's a dial on the center console that you can just turn to zoom in or zoom out rapidly. You don't have to uh, t- try to touch the screen and spread your fingers and do whatever. So that's kind of a neat hmm. feature with the NAV system. And uh, again, with a variable compression engine, you use premium gas and the the one negative I had, and it's kind of a niggly little thing, in many of the modern vehicles such as this one, you can select your drive mode for comfort, sporty performance, or ecological eco-driving for better fuel economy. Mm-hmm. And in, there's a little toggle switch on the console to select the drive mode, but what I found a little annoying is that I would set the mode, say I'm on the highway, I want to be eco, but then when you start the car again, it reverts to the normal mode, and you have to reset it to whichever driving mode you want. Mm. That's, that was a little, uh, to me it was annoying. I guess if you own the car, you would do it automatically. And so that's this week's ride of the week. Oh, the... Uh, Let's see, I said there was a $2,000 leather option and with destination charges, etc. The price on the vehicle as tested was $61,765. But I'm sure you can get a deal. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, is there anything else automotive you have for us today? Oh, yeah, we've got a couple here. Okay. And uh, this is kind of a Musk Minute-related automotive thing, okay? Mm -hmm. So we will do the Musk Minute and automotive at the same time. But this this just came out on the news wires this morning, okay? Huawei Technology, you know, the Chinese company, communications company, Mm -hmm. announced that it plans to invest a billion dollars which today really isn't all that much, but it is something in researching self-driving and electric car technologies to compete with Tesla and the Chinese company of Xiaomi, compete with those two companies. And the announcement, uh, the quote in the announcement said, Huawei's 
Autonomous driving technology has already surpassed Tesla's in some spheres. Hmm. For instance, by allowing cars to cruise for more than 621 miles without human intervention. And that is a, a uh, quote from the rotating chairman, Eric Zhu, uh, as he told an analyst in Shenzhen, China, on Monday. Hmm. Now, as the rotating chairman, does that mean he was spinning around answering questions in that news conference? <laughs> It's an interesting title there. It is, yeah. And how many RPM yeah. does he achieve? Yeah, but, you know, maybe that that was just a translation of mm-hmm. uh, the term in Chinese. It might mean something else rather than spinning around in uh, in English. Yes. Whatever. Yes. Also, one one other uh, let's say uh, peeve I have with this is that the the quote came out that they could cruise for 621 miles without human intervention. Now, being on the metric system in China, the original announcement said they could cruise for 1,000 kilometers mm-hmm. without intervention. Mm-hmm. And so someone at the, some numo at the Bloomberg News Service was converting kilometers into miles and took a ballpark figure of, say, roughly 1,000 kilometers and ran the numbers and converted it to a very precise 621 miles. Okay. Which is not just ballpark, but that's a section, row, and seat number. Yes. And that's uh, taking data that's not that precise, and by converting it, making it super precise. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which is a misuse of numbers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there ought to be a law against that. <laughs> yeah, and, well, getting back to the Musk minute, since we kind of slid into it. Ah, here. yes. Okay, well, uh, we're still waiting for the SN serial number 15 Starship to fly, which might be this week or early next week. And also, SpaceX announced that in on its Falcon 9 rockets, they were trying to recover the the nose fairings by catching them with a special ship at sea. And apparently that's not working out as well as they would like. Now they're just going to recover the fairings by fishing them out of the ocean rather than try to catch the things as they come down out of the air. Hmm. All right. And uh, isn't there also a manned uh, shot coming up there? Pretty soon, the Dragon Dragon Two is a Dragon Two. Dragon Two in a in a few uh, weeks or months. They they moved Dragon One on the International Space Station to another docking port so that mm. the next one could come up and dock at the original port, and then the uh, the Dragon One crew will leave uh, shortly after the other crew gets up. All right, very good. Right. And it, it looks spe- like speaking of space. Speaking of space, yes. yes. We have to segue here. We're waiting the flight on Mars of the Ingenuity helicopter mm-hmm. Yes, from the Perseverance rover, uh, which could come as early as tomorrow. Hmm. You know, they did some tests over the weekend, and they found some uh, coordination between the timing units on the helicopter. Didn't seem to indicate that they were totally in sync, so they're working on that issue. All right, so that that'll be interesting to follow. Okay, uh, yep. what what else do you have for us today? Okay, well, speaking of space again, mm-hmm. 
okay, that it was just uh, achieved that the MEV spacecraft, which is Mission Extension Vehicle 2, has linked up with a communication satellite in geosynchronous orbit 22,416 miles above the Earth. And what this satellite link-up will do, the MEV vehicle will extend the life of the satellite because its propellant has run out to uh, point the satellite towards the antennas that it needs to on Earth. So this way the the satellite life will be prolonged by uh, using this remotely docked spacecraft. And uh, Lockheed Martin, who makes the ME-2 or the MEV spacecraft, says that after five years, it's, it's programmed to increase the life of the satellite for five years. It'll be switched to another satellite to increase the life of that satellite. But mm. they plan a whole series of uh, robotic vehicles, ones with, uh, say, a robot arm to inspect and repair satellites and... Uh, also ones that will install refueling pods on compatible satellites to extend their life rather than keeping a spacecraft specifically at the satellite. Hmm. And then uh, it's a whole array of repair and uh, assemble spacecrafts in orbit uh, that they're looking to do. Well, very interesting, very interesting. Okay, um, anything else? Yes, from our friends at UPS. UPS has said that it's going to buy electric airplanes. They're, they've started out, they're going to buy 10 electric airplanes from a company called Beta Technologies, which is headquartered in Vermont. And they are going to uh, get the first of these in 2024. And they're going to use these for priority cargo delivery that uh, it's all electric. There are four rotors and a wing on this. It would take off vertically and then fly horizontally. It has a range, supposed to have a range of 250 miles at a speed of 150 miles an hour. And then eventually they hope that uh, rather than have these piloted, they would be remotely piloted like a big drone. So mm -hmm. we'll have to see how far that gets, but it's an interesting concept just to have these small electric vehicles flying around delivering uh, packages. I imagine it'll go from one UPS hub to another. Being able to land vertically, they can maybe land on the roof of a UPS warehouse that's strong enough and uh, get these priority packages right to your door. Yeah, there you go. Well, it seems like a nice uh, kind of a bridge between the, you know, obviously uh, using, uh, you know, full-size aircraft and, uh, you know, traditionally powered aircraft is, uh, you know, quite an expensive, uh, you know, uh, you know, venture. And so, uh, and then, you know, so you, you're going, going to use it for longer distances. And, uh, and obviously this sounds like a fill a niche where you don't have to be trucking or using a train. And, uh, right, plus the fact that, you know, they could make several hop deliveries before re recharging the battery, which they say can charge within a half hour or so. 
Right. Yeah. But the uh, the company is also thinking of using this small aircraft for a air taxi, where you can have uh, four or five passengers instead of cargo. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Okay. Um, anything else you have for us today? Well, finally, okay. Again, from our university friends, this time from up in Canada at the University of British Columbia. They've come up with what they call a smart stent. Now, we know what a stent is to open up arteries and uh, in, in heart surgery for non-invasive surgery. But they, uh, researchers show that in many times in patients, the the arteries will start closing down again. Well, the smart stent would have a sensor on it that would, and a miniature antenna that could tell when the blood flow, if the blood flow starts slowing down and the artery starts contracting again, so that an intervention might be done to uh, alleviate any further problems down the road. Hmm. So that's a an interesting medical development there. All right. So uh, is that a wrap for today? That's a wrap, so I will say goodbye to you. All right. Let's do it again next Tuesday. All right. So that was Cousin Rick with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Utopian Dream.